0: By the way, thank you kids very much for leading us in that. Um, so we're going to light the Christ candle right now, and that's found, the passage that we use is on Isaiah 9, and uh, James, if you need, yeah, your parents are back that way. Okay. Yeah. We have a shepherd that is still looking for his home, yeah. <laughs> all right, now that we're all in our places, Isaiah 9 two. Starts off and says, The people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of deep nar- darkness, on them the light has shone. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government, and on the peace of there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, establish and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forward forevermore, and the zeal of host he will do. Let me pray and just uh, remind yourselves again of this wonderful time. Dearly Father, thank you that you came and showed light into the darkness. As we light this last candle here, the candle that reminds us that you came into this dark world to bring the light of the truth, the saving truth, that you came to redeem sinners, may we truly grasp that this year and live a life that is humble a life of repentance before you. Thank you for this night. Thank you for what it reminds us of. And may you be glorified through all that we say and do. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you. On Thursday this week, I don't know if you noticed it was kind of foggy, but on Thursday this week, we had the darkest day of the year. It was the time of year that we actually have 17 hours of darkness. Not to get too depressing, but the beautiful part of it was the next day, because what happened the next day? If you call CBC home, you know we've been working through Genesis, and what has God promised? Seasons will come, days will come, heat will come, cold will come, and we see the stability of the world around us. And so on Friday the 22nd of December, slowly but surely, because God keeps his promises, we had a little more light than the day before. And we will have a little bit more light until the 21st of June when it still feels like winter in Wisconsin. It will start getting darker again. And these things will come and go. But it's interesting that this time of year when we're at its darkest is the time of year we celebrate the great light that came into the world. If you have your Bibles, turn to John 1. And in John 1, we will see verses 6 through 13. And in John chapter 1, verse 6, it reminds us of this. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This is John the Baptist. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, has come to the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who belonged to his name, He gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. It's interesting, as we've been working through the book of Genesis, and I'm saying this over and over and over again, because this literally is the story of the Bible, when we think of Genesis chapter three in that very dark day when man rebelled against their creator, when man said to the Creator, "We know better, we're going to do it this way." And on that day, if you want to call it the darkest day of all all days, when man rebelled against his creator, we had an incredible promise, a promise of light. In Genesis 3.15, that one day, a Redeemer will come. And that Redeemer is coming that will destroy death, that will destroy sin, and that will be the light that John is testifying to and the light that we celebrate today. And notice as we even let these candles... The Christ candle reminds us that joy, love, peace, and hope come from Christ and Christ alone. Yet, from Genesis 3, 15, to where we are now, we're many years. And so, as we've been walking through, the mind us of the story of the Bible. In Genesis 3, the Redeemer is promised. Yet, year after year after year, month after month, day after day, it seemed that it was only getting darker. We get to the point where we get to Genesis 6-8, through 8, and what do we see? Man's rebelling against God was so great that God destroys the world with the flood, but where's the light there? The light is there that God kept mankind alive through Noah. And we see the beauty of the promise of God going through, as if this beacon ray of light, starting in Genesis, is shining all the way through Scripture, and God is saying, the plan that I have planned will be accomplished. And then we see it, Crescendo with his son, but what be up until then though we saw prophets, and these prophets would continue to reveal about the promise that is coming. And the promise as it gets more understood and more displayed is even grander when we see Jesus then come. And one of the beautiful passages of scripture says, When the fullness of time has come, God sent his son. This almost like a laser beam out of heaven, it is sent because he came down to redeem. And what we celebrate today is what the saints of old longed to look into. All of the Old Testament prophets looked to this day, what is it going to be with eager anticipation of this night? And what we see is that the long appointed day has come. The day that Redeemer would come and destroy sin and death and dwell among us. Because remember, this whole part of dwelling among, among us is huge as well. That Christ not only did he come to redeem, but he did not redeem us from far off. He came down to dwell among us. Remember in Genesis where Adam and Eve are in the garden dwelling with God in beautiful harmony. No sin, no corruption. But sin came into the world and broke their fellowship with God, kicked them out of the garden, and man is going, when will we be able to dwell with God again? And the Bible tells us that God comes down and he steps in and he tells the nation of Israel, as he pulls them out of Egypt, he says to the nation of Israel, this is how you can have fellowship with me. And it's on my terms. One day a year, a high priest is going to come in, go into the Holy of Holies through a veil that is thick, only when the shed blood of a perfect lamb had been shed, only by then and then alone can one man on one day come before me to redeem for that year. And guess what would need to happen day in and day out? Atonement. Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, over and over and over again until one day on a hill called Golgotha, Christ is on the cross. And when he has shed blood, the perfect shed blood of Christ was shed, what happened to that veil that kept mankind back? It did not tear from the bottom up. It tore from the top down. God saying, now you can have access to me through my son. Christ came not only to dwell with us, but to send his Holy Spirit to give us that beautiful truth. It's interesting. How did Jesus choose to come? When the Son of God, literally the second in the Trinity, that all the world was created through him, which our text says, when he entered the world, how did he enter? Did he come with incredible fanfare? Did he come with a parade? All of these things that we would think. Did he come and just show his might and power, which he could have? How did he choose to come? He came in the way humanity is at its weakest state, in the form of a baby, humbling himself. It's easy many times for us to see him in the manger when we forget where he came from. If we miss that part, we miss how humbling this is, and the act of humility he is teaching us, as we as followers of God should be that humble as well where he came, as the term would say, from ivory palaces to come down and not only dwell with us, but come down in the form of a baby. Literally entrusting himself to two, if you want to call it what we are, formed dirt that he has made, trusting himself to them. It's interesting, the way God does things and the way we do things are completely opposite. And so one of the things that I want to spend some moment thinking through here Christmas Eve When we gather together this Christmas Eve, there is a unity that binds believers and the unity that binds us is We come together because we recognize what the middle candle symbolizes as Christ This is what we long for this is what every year we remind ourselves of and I'll say it until My dying day, this is only the beginning of the story. This is Christ coming down and without Christ becoming one of us, living the perfect life that we could not live and dying the death that we could not die and then rising again, conquering death. We have no hope. The baby in the manger literally just means there's a baby in the manger. We need the baby in the manger to go to the cross, which we could not do, to die the death we could not die and to live the life that is then imputed to us because of what Christ did. Because we know what the Bible tells us, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That is why we need a righteousness not of our own. It doesn't matter how good you are. You may think you're really good, but the Bible says all of your goodness compared to Christ is filthy rags. So the call of the gospel is not go out and make yourself acceptable before God. The call of the gospel is humble yourself, repent, and come to Him. On your knees saying, God, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I Live in a land of darkness and now I have seen the light and the light of the truth reminds me that I live in a land of darkness And I need your light. I can't do this on my own And not only that as it binds believers together There's a beauty of it which we're about ready to symbolize here in a moment in a moment We're gonna circle up around the church as best as we can And we're going to take the candles that we have been given and these candles remind us that not only has God come in to be a light to the world, but we as followers of God are called to bring the same light in the world around us. And so as we take, which we're going to in a second here when I find my candle, I'll come up and I'll light my candle here. And the candle that I'm giving is given to you. The Bible talks about this all the time. We've been given a light that we cannot hide. We literally are, as the Bible will call us, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. That is what the church has been called to be. And so I ask you in your own lives, and here's the thing we can sit here and go, How's it going to go out to the whole world through me? And I would say, Start with your area of influence and live the Christian walk. Talk the Christian walk all around you. Use your mouth to proclaim the glories of God in your life. Because we have the beauty of a gospel that we don't have to make any more relevant because the gospel is relevant always to a lost and dying world. Your goal is to take the gospel to the world around you and to proclaim that truth. And so, as the kids have already sung through those words, as we've already talked about over and over and over again, the question in front of you is this. And it's a question in front of all of us every single year and every single moment like this. You cannot serve two masters. You're either going to hate the one or love the other. You cannot serve God and man. You cannot ride the fence. We all know fence riders, all they get are splinters. Not not able to be done. And so the question in front of us is, how long will you stand between two sides? Choose you this day whom you will serve. Will you serve the things of this world, or will you serve God with all of your heart, humbly submitting to Him? That is the gospel call. That is the passion and heart of this church. And may you hear that over and over and over again. Our call is to a lost and dying world. Repent and follow what God has for you. Because what He has for you is far more than you could ever ask or think. Let me pray, and then we will gather in a circle here. I'll give you a little instruction so we don't step on everybody, and we'll wait until everybody's here. And then we'll sing together Silent Night. And then I'll close on a word of prayer. And then I pray that you take moments throughout the next day or two here just to reflect on that great gift of salvation that this day reminds us of. Dearly Father, thank you. Thank you. It is by your grace and your truth that we stand. Thank you for this body of believers that you have given for us. Dearly Father, there's so many things in this world that can distract us from what is important. And so, dearly Father, help us today to truly grasp that you came into this world as the light into the darkness to save sinners. And dearly Father, may we today live obedient lives before you. In your Son's name we pray. Amen. If we can kind of get up and kind of make a circle, if we need to go down the center here, we can.